0: It's another thrilling episode of Fort Worth Camera. I'm glad you're here, that's for sure. This is Mackenzie with Fort Worth Camera, and we're gonna continue our discussion with local photographers, creatives, and in this case, filmmakers. And today we have a, a guy that I really, really admire. I've, I've known him, actually, for a couple years yeah, now, yeah. Um, because you were uh, brought to my attention by our good friends at The Ranch. I can't say it like the guy on the radio says, but- 95.9, the ranch. The ranch. And uh, they said, you know, our good friend needs to be a part of your film festival during the the photo fest because he traveled with us to England. Yep, to London for the Texas music takeover. Yeah, and uh, I fell in love with his filmmaking skills. And without further ado, Please uh, welcome Mr. Lee Schneider. How are you? Doing excellent. Doing
1: excellent, and a little scared because you just told me that this is not going to be edited. So everything everything that
0: comes out of my mouth. This is fresh, organic, uh, sweet smelling. I love organic. Not always. But what I want to talk about as uh, as our kickoff topic is that not everybody stays in their same career forever and not everybody continues with their on a life path they expect yeah true and i i know what that's like i've worn a lot of different hats and my uh i'm only 21 years old so it's pretty nice to have such a great uh (laughs) backlog of experience but you know i've done a lot of things and i thought i was gonna be one thing and then i ended up being another thing and my career took me to the point we're at now and it, you, you just never know. And it's, and it's funny because um, a good uh, relative of mine, which my uncle, Mike, if you're listening, I know he's not listening, so I can say that. But he once said that, you know, if you want to give God a laugh, tell him your plans on life. Because that ain't gonna, that's not the way it's gonna happen. So now you are a local filmmaker and you do fantastic work and we're gonna talk more about that. But how did you start, let's say your adult career and where was that? What were you doing and where? God. Define adult
1: career. Okay. Uh, I, I, I think that'll start maybe in 10 years or something like that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we know how that is. Where, I don't even know where to, where okay, to start. It's been you. a long and windy y- road. Y-
0: let's start in Woodenville, Washington.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Grew up in the Northwest, uh, Marysville, Washington, about 45 minutes. north. Pardon th- me, Marysville. Marysville. That's right. Woodenville is just down the road, just down the road. Yeah. Um, Grew up there and had some horses, you know, just family okay. stuff. And then I got into the music industry, started playing bass. One thing led to another. Um, Are you that guy from Nirvana? Almost, almost. I actually oh. was getting ready to audition for Alice in Chains. You're I've not, got a picture right here. Chris yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you serious? You were going to? Yeah, they ended up hiring, um, ended up not having auditions after they had, uh, fired their bass player for doing oh. too many drugs. And that's always a red flag. If you get fired from Alice in Chains for doing too many drugs,
0: <laughs> yeah, damn,
1: you got a problem. You got a serious issue.
0: <laughs> He's getting fired for being yeah. too
1: into it. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I had a, a very close friends that had the same management company. Oh, that's wow. What I'd moved down to Portland and, um, they'd fired him and, uh, Things had recently broken up with me in the in the band I was playing with, and I was like, "Hey, could you guys get me in for an audition?" And they said, "Sure." So I started getting a promo pack and everything ready. And um, Allison Chance had been out with Ozzy for a long time and become oh. very good friends with their base with Ozzy's bass player, who was almost out of his contract, Mike Inez. And uh, so then they went, "Ah, we're not even going to hold auditions. We're just going to grab Mike in a few months after he's done with Ozzy." And so mm. I was just going, "Ah, oh, that sucks." But looking back, it was probably a very very good thing that
0: okay. So there's one pivot in, you know, yeah. life. So it didn't go one way, it went the other. So yeah. from there, help me out.
1: Help you out. Yeah, was, um, in the, that's kind of where I got some production background. The uh, you know, last couple of bands I played with, I call that my previous life because it was quite a while ago, sure. um, early 90s. Uh, we had uh, the primary writers had publishing deals uh, with Warner Brothers, with Warner Chapel Publishing in the band. So we got to do a lot of things. And with the publishing deal, you do a whole ton of recording. And I mean, so we we spent many times, you know, even, you know, sleeping in the recording studio and then waking up when it's time to play your part. And I'm just wow. so I just learned, you know, that base. And I think that the music and playing and especially all the recording, I mean, it really gave me a base of as far as production goes.
0: Yeah, that's key. My, one of my questions that I'm writing for later is if there will eventually be a connection between music production and film production. Uh,
1: absolutely. Yep. I absolutely, But continue yeah. your story. Uh, so, um, you know, one thing leads to another. Uh, I stopped playing and moved down to Eugene. Uh, and I was married at the time. And we got a uh, a few more horses. You know, I mean, my ex-wife had grown growing up with horses. I grew up with horses. We had a few acres in Eugene. It's like... Hey, you it's gotta gr- be
0: tough to fit those horses in a studio yeah it? it is
1: it is they they don't fit well and make a it, mess make a mess make a big okay. mess gotta watch where you step yeah but uh yeah so i ended up getting a um you know was really done playing at the time i didn't even listen to music anymore i was Ooh, pretty disgusted with it after yeah. going through the you know the industry's very difficult i know now, I've
0: gotta, let's let's frame this what year was this time frame
1: is early 90s it okay. was when the it was when the grunge scene hit and we were more of an early Van Halen styled band. Okay. And it was very, you know, it was, it was very hard rock, but it was real melodic and had hooks and stuff. And so the grunge, with the, especially the earlier stuff that came out was nothing that I was interested in at, at all. And so, um, you know, it just changed. And so all the bands, you know, we went from turning down record deals to Not being able to get a phone call returned in like four or six months, So someone there it just like the whole music scene changed. So, if you were doing like a more you know early Van Halen ish type of thing that we were, I mean, the rec- record companies all of a sudden were not interested because Soundgarden was the next thing sure. coming up, you know, in Nirvana and all of that. And so, um, you know, I just became really not interested in it and really soured in the music industry after you know, you put your whole heart and soul into it. And like you had earlier said, you think that that's what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. My rest, the rest of my life was going to be living on a tour bus. I thought, you know, and you, that's, that's what you have in your mind. And especially, you know, you're in your early, early twenties and you're with your band that are like, like a fan, I mean, absolute family and your absolute closest friends. And you're just going, wow, we're, we're going to make it. We're going to be stars. You think you're thinking in going from that to being like crushed and stepped on and dirt thrown on you within a short time period just makes you go, you know, forget it to the, the music industry pop quiz.
0: What did your hair look like? Oh, and did you? And bonus question: Did you prefer Final Net or Aquanet?
1: Oh, it was Aquanet—the extra, (laughs) extra hold. Uh, That's an easy question. Good. It's probably (laughs) because it was less expensive. That was probably the cheapest. I see. I actually, one of the guys, and this was in in a different band, but like one night, we're like, "Your hair looks a little weird," and he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "I ran out of everything. He had absolutely no money." He goes, "So I used some toothpaste." What to,
0: toothpaste his hair?
1: to like you know make it big?
0: <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> he oh, well. said he
1: just put it in there like a gel and uh, you know made it puffed it all up. But yeah, my hair was halfway over halfway down my back.
0: Yeah, I had a hunch. Yeah, it was. Uh, it well, was- the, the guy uh, Greg Woods, who's our engineer, who will be editing a little bit of this. All this is mostly organic. He'll think that's funny because he was in a band in the the mid to late eighties and greg i don't remember your band's name but it was like something like uh, dockin or def leopard it was a combination of those words and uh greg if you're listening you can even t- tag a picture on this but um anyway so we are in the early 90s mm mm-hmm. And you're burned out on music, or at least the music industry.
1: Yeah, burned. You're really burned out on the music industry. And the greatest thing in my life that ever happened, my daughter was born, and in '91. And I just really
0: went, "Hey, I've got." He has his phone in his hand right now. Are you like ch- checking your facts? <laughs> she was born in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm checking. When 91? was my daughter born?
1: Okay. Let me pull up. I think I've got that written down for when I forget <laughs> it. Like. Yeah. I I had to pull I had to pull, <laughs> yeah pull a picture up from McKinsey. That was the
0: that's the picture oh, of my, my previous God. Life. Yeah, you look legit. You look like you are in Pearl Jam or <laughs> Soundgarden. Stone Gossard, wasn't he in uh Pearl Jam? Yeah, or? Pearl Jam. Excellent choice in the, the uh the chest hair. Okay. That's enough. <laughs> Moving forward. Yeah, um, yeah. When my daughter was born,
1: I just kind of went, you know, I'm not going to play anymore. We've got actual responsibilities now. And so when we had moved down to Eugene, uh, um, I ended up first getting a job at uh, an acoustic consulting company. That's been hugely ah. valuable. That has been extremely valuable.
0: What do you think of the studio here? It's pretty nice. Isn't yes. It? It's outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. for those of you actually listen to this podcast you would know that no it's not outstanding i'm I'm sitting at my desk surrounded by stacks of papers but there's a he's got an awesome yeti yeti cup cooler here that's a forward camera branded yeti oh is it oh yeah look at that oh that's cool yeah of course it's cool and hold on Uh, needs more whiskey okay anyway (laughs) so uh
1: Yeah, uh, there, that was a, that was very, very valuable. Um, We designed, we manufactured products and designed recording studios, high-end hi-fi listening rooms, that kind of stuff. And then provided the acoustic treatment for them. So I learned a lot about the quality of sound then. And so that's, I mean, I listen, it's really strange. I listen to rooms when I walk into them still to this day until that was over sure. 20 years ago, but I'll walk in and like, I just notice Resident rooms. Pitch. Yeah. And so that's, that's really helped me out in, uh, you know, with audio, you know, for video being just, you know, alert to that. But then, um, I got a job, you know, things kind of circled all the way back around and I got a job doing advertising sales for a national horse magazine called performance horse. And uh, the majority of the clientele was down here in Texas and in California. It was a small niche magazine. We dealt with the Cutting Horse Association, sure. the Cutting Reining, Cow Horse stuff. Um, and, you know, I've worked for them for about five years. And towards the end there, we did a little video project with the magazine. And to show you how long ago this was, we were taking one-minute videos and burning them to a CD-ROM... City and mom, yes, not DVD. No, yeah. not even, not even a DVD and then inserting that into the magazine. So when we distributed the magazines, you know, we were also distributing some video content and I found out in that process, I just kind of helped out, you know, with the project, thought it was really fun enjoy- and then went, man, with my music background, I totally understood the whole production process mm. in, in the video and, you know, I mean, doing the video stuff and um, thought, Hey, this looks like fun. I could do it. And then when I was, talking to my clients on the phone for print advertising. I was just asking them, hey, ever thought about video? And they, um, almost every single one said, yeah, we know we need to do it, but we don't know how to do it. We don't know where to go. And I'm kind of thinking in the back of my mind, yeah, I don't know how to do it either, but I'm gonna figure it out. And so that's how it all started. I borrowed some money from, this is, this is how crazy it started. Borrowed some money from my mom to buy my first camera. I didn't e- had never even owned a computer at that, at that time. Somebody, a, f- a very close friend of mine down in Texas who produces a very large horse show, called me up and said, hey, I heard you're moving in doing some video. We need a big promo video done for the horse show and the association you wanna do it. And I said, heck yeah. I didn't even own a computer at that point in time. So I said, here's how much it's gonna cost. I need a 50% deposit. She mails me a check i went down to the gateway computer store yeah 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 gateway stores the cow remember the little the boxes with the
0: i i I do remember yeah that that.
1: so yeah put that money down on a computer on a 90 days same as cash Mm. shot shot the video at the uh at the horse show came back it literally took me almost uh, three months from the 90 days, same as cash to edit it. I didn't have a clue of what I was doing. So like everything I did, I had to read, read a manual, you know, but I got the video finished and they sent me the balance about three days before my 90 days, same as cash on that computer was due. And I went down and paid it off. And that's how I got my first computer was with the money from my very first shoot.
0: And that's how most entrepreneurs
1: Oh, started. it was by the, it was totally by the, you know, the seat yeah. of pants. It, the was, real just, thrill it was it was,
0: it was risk takers.
1: Uh, yeah. And I think it's been that way the whole, the whole time now is like everything has been, uh, you know what? I know I can do this. I'll figure it out and, and jump in. And, you know, and back then it was really it was difficult to learn because there was, I mean, there was no YouTube. It's funny now, like, I, you know, look at the younger kids and stuff and it's like, heck you can go how do I overlay this mask over this or whatever in premiere pro and just google it and like boom it pops up and you got a 4 minute tutorial on how to do it it's like sure, back then that bad. might have taken me 2 weeks to figure out yeah. how to do
0: okay well, so let's fast forward just a touch cuz yeah. now you're an established filmmaker here in fort worth producing such you know footage for visit fort worth or um here fort worth and any other uh Organizations you might like to, to Man, I didn't, drop that are not, well me you on know, people.
1: Well, just I mean just a, a ton of stuff around the city, and you know, and and I travel. You know, I fly a bit and travel outside. You know, I've been to, to Greece and produ- produced a little project out in um, in Athens, like you'd already mentioned. Been to London a few times. You know, with the Texas Music Takeover, did some travel stuff in Jamaica, and I you know, get out to. Um, California quite a bit. But um, the bulk of what I do, still about 50% is in the horse industry. Um, A lot of, you know, marketing-based things for the stallions, ranches, um, different associations. And so a lot of that's based, I mean, and that's why, that's how I got to Fort Worth was because, you know, I'm working at the magazine up in Oregon and as soon as I got my first few jobs, I said, well, heck, I've gotta live down here. There's no way I can fly back and forth from Oregon if this is where, you know, the horse industry is. So I moved, you know, I didn't move down here. And, um, but yeah, I visit Fort Worth, a, you know a lot of stuff for the city. I'm, I've just shot a couple things for them last week for Fort Worth Sports. The, for they're really pumping things up. You know their gym, the gymnastics that's coming in. Yeah. Um, they just had the uh, college gridiron showcase, which was fantastic. It was uh, some of the top college uh, prospects and NFL scouts and agents and stuff were here over the last just a couple of days. So I went and shot that. Um, they had the table tennis, you know, world championships and the wrestling world. Uh, one of the national wrestling things that were sure. here. So that, um, you know, and then like the National Cutting Horse Association, you know, they're based, you know, right, right down the street yeah. here. Um, you know, a lot of stuff for them. Um, I'm just trying to think. I do a, it's such a wide variety, I guess. Like well, yeah, last week I was in Daytona shooting at the Speedway. I came back here. I had one day off. I shot, you know, for the Fort Worth sports, had one day to edit. I was up in Ardmore shooting for a team roping thing yesterday. Back here today, I've got... I'm generally juggling probably six projects at a time and doing pretty much all the work myself
0: from shooting, editing, coloring, audio, final production. For someone who doesn't know enough about the actual art and craft of filmmaking... Um, speaking to people like you and, say, Eric Clapp and Nick Utter, Mm -hmm. this seems to be some sort of target-rich environment living here in Fort Worth because all those guys are busy all the time doing documenting, getting clients or documenting things that are just going on here in Fort Worth. And um, I find that fascinating. Of course, the hallmark of this production, this little podcast thing we got going on is talking about Fort Worth. Yeah. And so... Tell me some good stories. Tell me a story, Lee, would you, about working here in Fort Worth and... uh, Oh,
1: I've got, yeah, I've got something. I've got something. We
0: did um,
1: a deal for uh, the Fort Worth Business Press. Uh, This is quite a few years ago. I mean, four, four years ago or something like that, five. And we're shooting a, a very short video every week for them, it was like maybe a minute and a half, two minute long video with some of their different clients, you know, around the city. So we went to a lot of different businesses and interviewed people and, uh, you know, the owners um, that were, you know, working with the, the Fort Worth business press for a little web video. And one of the standard questions was why Fort Worth? Yeah. Why is your business here? You could have this in, you know, anywhere in the country. And it became a running joke because we got the same answer Every single time. And they said, it's a small town, hometown feel in a major city where you can get whatever you want.
0: Yeah, it's true. And I hope that's not your answer to our final question. No, it's not. Okay, good. Good, good, good. It's like Jeopardy here. <laughs> My final answer. <laughs> well, there will be a final answer. But before we get to that, um, tell us about the gear you use currently. And because... Uh, Filmmaking with the camera itself, in particular, it's changed a whole lot. Not yeah. just from a camcorder to you know tape, you know w- whatever medium. Now it's shot mm-hmm. with interchangeable lens cameras and, and mirrorless cameras. And yeah. sometimes, what are you shooting with?
1: Right now, it's uh, I'm really switching over a lot of stuff right now. So it's kind of a weird, yeah. li- weird little time. Um, I have been mainly using a Canon C300 Mark II for the last several years. Phenomenal camera, yeah. I really like it. What I'm finding with the majority of what I do um, lately, as um, I do a lot of run and gun, a lot of crazy stuff. I was telling you the other day, I, I was having a hard time getting insurance because the insurance companies didn't want to cover a lot of the stuff that I was doing because they thought I was going to get hurt and they're probably right. <laughs> um, they, um, I've gone down to a smaller, camera. I'm actually using the Panasonic, um, sh one, just, just got that. I had pre-ordered one. I just took a, you know, hoped cause I don't sure. like pre-ordering things, but I pre-ordered one, um, that with the, um, Atomos Inferno recorder on it. And then I, I've used a Sennheiser MK h50 microphone a shotgun on that and i can run that right into the atomos recorder because that has phantom power Uh. and um what i found i was like we were talking earlier um i was just down in Daytona shooting for um a ferrari team at the daytona international speedway which was absolutely amazing to do but i took a a ronin s you know, stable gimbal, the stabilizer down there and a vest and everything. And I never even took it out because I was able to handhold. So I shot for three days. Stabilization. Was yeah. Good. Yeah. I was able to just handhold the camera, uh, for everything. And we're talking a lot of real short clips, you know, I got a tripod out to, um, record a couple of interviews, but that was about it. So I'm just, and, um, you know, but I pretty much have, you know, all the junk you need. You know, I mean a lot lots of lots of, you know, microphones and audio gear and lighting equipment and you know, but that that's S1H is I it still hasn't replaced the Canon C three hundred Mark II. Okay. But um, you know, I just probably need to to do some more tests. But I really from what I'm doing, um, and especially, you know, with the with the fort worth sports, the college gridiron showcase they just had that I shot at same thing. I brought the stable, brought the gimbal, the Ronin gimbal, mm-hmm. and I never used it because oh. I was able to handhold and that it, it enables me to get, I think faster. Cause it, it makes you be able to work really fast. You, I look up and it's like, Hey, these guys are getting ready to do this. I've got a receiver coming downfield and you know, and I can grab it and go, Hey, they're, they're catching the ball on the 40 yard line. I can just run and grab it and camp right there really fast and get quick, easy shots and able to run out onto the field and and get right next to a quarterback when he's taking a hike and that kind of stuff. You know, real fast, fast moving stuff. And so I'm finding that works really well for me for the majority of what I'm doing.
0: Well, I hope people realize that this this podcast is actually not a commercial because we don't sell Panasonic. I know, I felt
1: so bad. You said, what are you using
0: right now? And I was like... (gasps) We can talk about gear it doesn't matter where it's from um you know that's how we nerd out on this thing you know yeah. we, people want to talk about all sorts of things not just the personalities but the gear as well so thank you Lee Schneider thanks for having me I this has been been great final question final question does fort worth ever cross your mind
1: you know what it does let me feel it let me feel it well here's what's really neat about fort worth for me is that I have been incredibly, incredibly fortunate. I mean, I just kind of trip and fall down and wind up in a bed of roses. I mean, I've been so fortunate to get to travel a lot to amazing places. And like, say, you know, doing some travel stuff in Jamaica, you know, popping down to Florida with clients and doing some neat stuff. I just went down to, got to go down to Key West and shoot some videos for a a boutique hotel in Key West. I mean, it was amazing. just phenomenal locations all over the world. And, you know, but every time I come back to Fort Worth, glad to be home. Okay. You know, and it's like, I just, I just, you know, when I'm landing, when the plane's coming down, I'm like, man, I just hung out for five days in Key West and getting all to do all that stuff. And I'm never going, oh God, now I'm, now I'm home. You know, it feels good coming back to Fort Worth. Every time, even though I've come from a really, really neat location, it always feels good coming back to the city. And everybody's nice. It it just, it's got a great feel to it. And it just, I mean, it makes me happy being
0: here. We hope to have Lee Schneider as part of our 2020 Fort Worth Photo Fest. That is May 1st to the 9th. You can learn more about that at fortworthphotofest.com long title but uh well worth the typing It's fort worth spelled out photo with an f FestwithNF.com. thanks e- man exercise your fingers so you can type that thanks for hanging out
1: thanks for having me Bye.
0: this has been a presentation of fort worth camera at 1600 montgomery street in the cultural district of fort worth texas i'm mckenzie hughes our engineer is greg woods for more information about fort worth camera visit fortworthcamera.com and for more information on the fort worth photo fest please visit fortworthphotofest.com.